Uh, so this is Flipping Tables Podcast, episode 005. Our sixth episode. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's getting old. I should stop. Yes! Doing two back-to-back was what made it annoying to you. Um, what do you mean back-to-back? Yeah, so we are pre-recording, um, and I've just now, looking in the rundown at the word pre-recording written, uh, decided I hate that word because... How else would you record something? <laughs> like all of our episodes are pre-recorded because they're not aired live, right? Like it's um a dumb word. So we, yeah, but we are we are. But, but rest assured, dear listener, this content is timeless. It is timeless content, and, and uh, I'm actually very excited about the, the stuff we're going to flip tables about today. Yeah, this is so we have our like list of of show topics. And I feel like these are good, angry topics. <laughs> like, these are a lot of <laughs> consolidated, like, short things that are just irritating. Um, and the fact that I couldn't even get through mentioning that this is pre-recording <laughs> without getting angry about something, I think is going to bode well. Um, so, I guess I, I want... You should start with the email marketing one, because you were the one who really brought this to my attention so my favorite analogy of unsolicited email is you're walking on the street and someone hands you a flyer for whatever their restaurant their show anything and to me that's not hey have this cool thing it's (laughs) hey can you throw this away for me (laughs) is that a dimitri martin joke or was that all you i i don't know i if you if you can't attribute it, you get to claim it. <laughs> is that how it works? That is how that works? This okay. is the internet. Mike. I'm sure it's a joke. It's one of those jokes that people can stumble onto. So I'm sure people have made this joke before. Sure. It sounds like a Dimitri Martin, yeah. but it's like, hey, can you throw this away? Yeah, especially because those people. I can't remember what old movie it's from, but the guy's handing out flyers right near a trash can. And then when he runs out, he walks over to the trash can and picks up all the flyers that people just threw away. <laughs> that sounds like a Simpsons joke, like a very visual, like, yeah. dashes over, picks them all back up. I could believe that in The Simpsons. <laughs> but, I mean, that that is how it feels, especially if you – because we work in an urban area. So you go out even just a block or two away from your office and people are like, hey, can you sign this? Hey, do you want this? Hey, will you take this for me? It's like, No. Yeah. No, just buy a billboard like everyone else. So, I mean, everyone knows that spam sucks and is annoying, but I feel like there's some particular behaviors of otherwise legit companies that earn some pretty serious ire from me. Go for it. And it's usually signing up for an account with your service does not mean I want email from you. Right. That's just fact number one. So how do you feel about Signing up the for your checkbox? service means I want to check out your service. Right. <laughs> so when you're going through the sign-up process, if it has the checkbox right there, like username, password, do you want our newsletter? Like, is that okay? That's better than a lot of companies. <laughs> so most companies, even other, like, again, otherwise totally legit seeming operations, there is no checkbox. You are signed up until you go into your settings yes. and say no. Which you probably will not think to do until two weeks later when you get your first newsletter. So it's not just opt out. It's you can't even preemptively opt out. Right. Yeah, so... and Pre-record opt out. <laughs> pre-record opt out. So... Um, and that's that's 
a, a sin, internet I, sin. It right is. There. And I actually, I wrote a blog post a while back about um, Heroku, which is like an app platform. And so let, before I tell you that story, let me tell you this story. So Twitter is, and you were the one who pointed this out to me, and oh, now man. I can't unsee this. This is a this. new sin. Yeah, this <laughs> is another sin. Is Twitter... Um, every time they change their newsletter style or format or it's a different day of the week, they act like it's a new newsletter and they start sending it to you again by default. So you can't say, I never want any of your newsletters forever. All you can say is, I don't want the newsletters you currently have, but when you change the title and it's a brand new newsletter, ironic air quotes, then... They start sending it again. Yeah. Which is like, it's basically them ignoring your opt-out. But technically respecting your wishes. Right. Oh, no, we we still haven't sent you our old newsletter. This is our all-new newsletter. <laughs> yeah, that's crappy. We see right through that. Yeah. Stop and, it. <laughs> exactly. And so I tell you that to tell you this. Uh, the Heroku newsletter, because um, I use Heroku for a few like apps and testing environments, and they sent me a newsletter, and I was just about to delete it because I'm not deep enough into that culture that I really care about every little change they make to their platform. So I was just about to delete the newsletter, and I noticed in like the first sentence, it says, you know, hey, this is our new newsletter um, that we've just started sending out to all our users. If you don't opt in... Within 30 days, we will automatically opt you out. And I was, like, blown away by that. Like, I have never seen a company basically do the right thing and just say, hey, we have this new newsletter and you already use our service, but you know what? We assume you don't want it unless you tell us you want it. So this is basically an advertisement for our newsletter. Yeah. I was like... Holy crap! That's that was and that was a totally acceptable behavior. Yeah, it was like if you want it, here it is. If not, whatever. Especially because Heroku is a kind of platform where you don't really log into their website a lot. Yeah, right. I mean, like Twitter between the the mobile app and the website, like you're in it all the time. They could just say, "Hey, we have a news new newsletter. Do you want to <laughs> sign up?" But they know everyone who would say no. Right. Uh, it's it's obvious why they opt you in. Yeah. And, numbers but and it's shitty of them so the next sin which i like how you described here is <laughs> requiring a login to unsubscribe punishable by death yeah um that actually so twitter does that everybody does i'm that. not a fan of the death penalty but i might bend <laughs> in, in this, this case, in this yeah. case. <laughs> some crimes are so heinous <laughs> such an affront to god um but so this is like you get the email you press unsubscribe and now, this is actually two sins. This is like the super sin on top of the normal sin. If I press unsubscribe, there should be exactly zero additional steps. <laughs> yes. I don't want to have to then see a massive checklist. I'm already annoyed that I have to click at all, that I yes. got your message. Exactly. Like. Because pressing unsubscribe is an additional click before I press delete. <laughs> so you've already inserted one new click into my life. You mean before you click report spam? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I don't do that with newsletters too often. I really should. I do it if I know I had nothing to do with receiving the newsletter. Oh, like if you just got if sold I, off? 
Yeah, if I really know that it wasn't a checkbox I forgot, or like, right. there is like if it's con- inconceivable, inconceivable <laughs> that I am the reason I, that I'm signed up for it, then report spam is what happens. Okay, that I think that's fair. So, so you you get an email, you have to click on subscribe. And then it takes you to the dreaded "Why are you leaving us?" page, like right. the "No, nah, baby, I could change." Like <laughs> <laughs> just the begging you to stay. <laughs> I do love the wording of like, "Did you unsubscribe by mistake?" Yeah. Oh, are are you sure you accidentally okay, clicked that that, that's- that four point <laughs> font light gray link on a white background? Are you sure? You pressed that on purpose. The worst is when that's a follow-up email, because that's what I want after I unsubscribe from your newsletter, is another email from you. Yeah, hey, hey man, I know you just went through our arduous unsubscribe process, but we just wanted to give you a confirmation for your records that you unsubscribed. So, yeah, so that we actually... That's amazing. We found, like, four other horrible sins within that sin, but the one that I was trying to get to was a login. Like, when I press unsubscribe, do not make me enter my username and password. You ever. know who I am. Yes. I, I came – give me a unique URL. I came from your newsletter. And this is one of those solved problems. And you know it's me because you track that shit. Yes. And you, you, you know I open this because your stupid images, except for Google's now hosting the images. So yes. Which, that was an interesting thing that people, because I didn't know people did that. So if there's, you know, listeners of the world, now you know. If there's an email in your image, then the server that's hosting that image knows when the image was loaded, and they use that to track email marketing. So until... Google started caching all of the images so that they could host them fa- or serve them faster. Also, because Google's an ad company. Also, yeah. <laughs> so this is one of those. So in the last episode, we were talking way back it's still, last week. Still beneficial. It is still beneficial, but this is one of those things um, that would have been great to think up last week um, <laughs> that people think of as like borderline evil. Because although it's very beneficial to the users, it's kind of evil to the other ad companies um but anyway so if you (laughs) if you make me log in to unsubscribe you already know who i am you're already bothering me and by setting up that extra barrier that is not a security thing because this is a solved problem you can give everyone a unique url you can do it through cookies there are ways to verify who i am and unsubscribing from a newsletter is not a secure it's not a password action. requiring thing. Yeah. This is I mean, I don't want someone to just go to Twitter and be able to just like sign me up and unsubscribe me from stuff, but if I came from my email, you can basically just trust that it's me. That's yeah. fine. I'm giving you permission, companies of the world. I say that that's a trustworthy action. And they're only setting up that login barrier because they know it's one more barrier. Right, right. especially because a lot of people are like big phone email checkers. So I think it's even more effective now because you're on your phone, you press yeah, on subscribe, and it takes you to some stupid website. You're a responsible citizen, so you have a 16-character 
hashed right. password. Yeah. And so you're like, well, I'm not going to copy out of my password manager just yeah. to unsubscribe from this. Yeah, and it's just too much of a hassle. And then you're like, oh, the next time I'm at my laptop, then I'll unsubscribe. And you delete the newsletter and you forget about it. And so you, the next time you get it. And I don't maybe this is part of where I'm too idealistic, but... <laughs> Even if whatever analytics dude that works for these companies has numbers that say this makes us more money, we should do this, I can prove it, I <laughs> still, still think a shitty thing to it's do. a shitty thing to do. It's not the way I would want to run a company. And I, feel I don't like, care about the bottom line. <laughs> I feel like this is way too subjective of a concept that anyone could even make that claim. Be like, you know, by having our really crappy email marketing practices, we make an extra $1,000 a week. It's like, how did you get from there to here? Yeah. You know, it's like, if you can say like, oh, the same day we put up an ad in Times Square, we sold more units. That's like a pretty direct correlation. But to just say like, yeah, by having this shitty password barrier on unsubscribing from our newsletter, we made... 10 times as much profit this month. I, I feel like that's too big of a leap. I mean, I I don't know a lot about email marketing, so I'm sure that the marketing maven guru ninjas of Twitter are probably like, well, you don't know our SEO business, but <laughs> so it when, seems like a leap. When you end up with, like, I don't know how often you practice unsubscribing, but... A lo- way more recently than I Because I started to. bitching about it all the time. Yeah, but you, you scratched the record. Now <laughs> I hear it, and I'm like, oh, look, a newsletter unsubscribed. Um, when you end up with a MailChimp one, do you actually click on one of their responses? Like, I don't remember signing up for this, or... Um, I have. I wouldn't say I always do Do you ever it. type feedback? Um, I don't know if I ever have... I, I have definitely done the checkbox. I feel like that, I actually, I've never used MailChimp, but I feel like they're kind of like, sorry, our customers are so awful. <laughs> Here's something they can't change about the unsubscribe process where we let you sort of lay into them. <laughs> sorry, bro. I don't know if it has any effect on like if MailChimp actually cares too much. I mean, I feel like it, it affects their like their business. So, if they have crappy customers that use them as a mailing list and do terrible things, yeah, they probably use that feedback to steer the design of their tool at least somewhat, right? Because mm-hmm. Mailchimp is like a glue layer, right? So let let's just pretend like Twitter uses Mailchimp. But so if I get a Twitter newsletter and I press on subscribe then I see that MailChimp splash page for a second. But otherwise, I don't really have a lot of indicators. I mean, it probably says, like, powered by MailChimp or something at the bottom, but Mm -hmm. it's like I don't know exactly what model of mail server served that email, and I don't really care as long as it works. So MailChimp is only really exposed to the user when you're complaining via the unsubscribe box. So it's definitely in their benefit to make that a better experience because for every one client they have who sends a newsletter, they presumably have thousands, tens of thousands of people receiving it. So really the receivers are their, like, users. Yeah. Right? Well, it does tend to, like, sometimes when you unsubscribe from a newsletter, you're like, did I just confirm that I'm an active person and they're going to email me more? But when I'm doing MailChimp, 
when it's a Mailchimp, I'm usually a little more confident. Like I'm actually unsubscribing. Right. So yeah, because you know, there's also the safe unsubscribe. It's, yeah. uh, it's some other Mailchimp competitor, and which that- is exactly what. Uh, nefarious person would yeah. call their unsubscribe. Yeah. Nah, dude, this is legit. It fell off the back of a truck. Your computer is slow. Yeah, but that one does seem legit. Like, every time I've gotten a newsletter um, that says, has the safe unsubscribe, and it, they have a, a logo that looks like a little email yeah. flying. Well, like, if it has a logo, then... But I'm just saying, like, those have seemed to be legit. Yeah. Um, so, but you actually, you just reminded me of... Uh, when you, when, okay, so you said, um, when I unsubscribe, am I confirming to them that I actually exist? So there's a company, and if I ever find out who you people are, I will defame you on the internet with all of my power. <laughs> um, but it's it's some kind of security company, um, like home security, uh, alarm systems and that kind of thing. And they have this super aggressive telemarketing campaign where they call you – and they say it's a recording. So it's like every 45 seconds, a home is broken into and children are murdered and all of your nice new pots and pans will be stolen. And they're going to delete <laughs> your, my pots and pans. your save games from Final Fantasy VII that you've been saving. Oh, so it's like it's, I just beat the weapons. <laughs> exactly. So it's like this super fear tactic. And for a while, I was just hanging up. But when I say I was getting these calls often, I'm talking like five or six times a week. So nearly every day. And then I actually listened through because I was like, oh, eventually a human will come on and then I will yell at that human. So I waited and then after like a 15-second pitch, they say, you know, if you're interested in this, stay on the line. If you want us to put you on our do not call list, press like nine. So I was like, oh, that's better than nothing right so i press nine and then it disconnects the call like you can hear it hang up and then like a couple weeks went by with no calls and then they called me again and they called me two or three times in like a 15 hour period one of them was in the middle of the night because i have an east coast area code number but i live in mountain time so they called me at like one in the morning, which still would have been eleven o'clock East Coast time. Which <laughs> That's is way, pretty unacceptable. Way too damn late. <laughs> um, so they call. I was walking to work um, on my my little commute stretch, and I saw that it was a number because there's like a batch of area codes they call from that I don't know anyone in those area codes, so I knew it was probably that. And I picked it up, and it started to play the recording, and I screamed a bunch of obscenities into the phone (laughs) and here's the weird thing because in my mind i was just like being cathartic just pissing in the wind yeah i was just (laughs) flipping the table of the angry phone call i was just like you that bunch of obscenities that'll make us have to put the explicit tag on this (laughs) podcast and I probably sounded like a crazy homeless person because i was just like alone on the street screaming and then the recording cut off and a person came on and i was like shocked i was like oh my god they actually have like an anger filter that detects speech and a guy got on and he was like oh you know hello sir i you know are you interested in our service and i was like no you like and i was starting to say sam yeah exactly like i was jumping up and down guns firing in the air and i i was telling him 
you need to take me off your effing list because I have effing press nine like a million effing times. And he hung up on me. So they have a system. because he's in a shitty job. He doesn't want to deal with it. I don't blame him for not wanting to get yelled at. But they need to take me off their goddamn list. I mean, he was right to not sit there and be berated. Like, I was definitely at fault in that case. (laughs) There is no debating that. I've worked customer service jobs. That is never the right way to handle it. But it's like they have this filter in place where loud volume of talking gets you to a person. So it's like that's the anger filter. That means the person on the other end should know I'm coming through angry. Yeah. Like the recording was cut off because <clears throat> the volume of the person's Maybe you speech, angrily wanted to purchase their service. <laughs> Give me this product right now. <laughs> it's has, that has never happened ever. I'm prepared to assert that. that He's never angrily bought something. In all the multiverse, no one has ever actually done the fry, shut up and take my money. (laughs) Like, people joke about it, but no one's ever actually gone into an Apple store, thrown $600... And punched the guy in the face. (laughs) Give me my damn iPad. Now. It's just... I, I don't believe it. Someone make a... So, last episode, we had the vine of the woman shouting... You know, like, and banging, like, they told me at Apple Care. So I want to see a vine of the Apple Store clerk. Please don't actually do this. I want to see the vine of the Apple Store clerk getting punched in the face and then smiling and handing over the iPhone. But since I just basically described an armed robbery, don't actually do that. Right. Anyone, I'm absolving myself of responsibility if anyone actually follows through on that. So. <laughs> Move us on from newsletters to just, okay, software installations. There's some sins here. There are a lot. Um, so And I'm looking mostly at Microsoft and Adobe, <laughs> and I guess uh, Apple on Windows. Okay, so I have one that actually didn't make it into the rundown, so I'm going to talk about that one, and then okay. I'm going to let you do those ones, because you just had to deal with those recently. So the one that I'm dealing with... Uh, Less and less, fortunately, as web apps become better and better, and I basically the only piece of software I install is a browser. Um, uh, anyone who's ever used like download.com or CNET uh. or Softpedia, <laughs> right? Like your <laughs> yes. grud, just the mere mention of them, you're like, Ugh. <laughs> right? Because you don't go to like download.com, fake download buttons. <laughs> Everywhere. God, (laughs) fake download buttons. Fake download buttons everywhere. And so that used to be really... I mean, it's still really shady, but that used to be their unacceptable practice. Now, I don't think there is a single item or item program you can download from any of those three sites I just mentioned that doesn't come bundled with an installer for, like, the uh, Ask toolbar uh, or the Yahoo toolbar. Ask. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't ask for this. <laughs> no one Sorry. has ever asked for this. <laughs> find, me, find me a person <laughs> who intentionally installed and uses the Ask toolbar. They have to meet both of those qualities. <laughs> That person does not exist. People who work at Ask.com do not have the Ask to Google. Google. They do. Like a normal person. That's the least believable thing about the Spider-Man reboot. He uses Bing. (laughs) 
in in the the new new ones, yeah, he there's actually a shot of him using Bing. Yeah, because it's it's product placement, right? But Bing, and it's like <laughs> yes, and that that's I saw def- tons of different comedians making the same joke. Like <laughs> if if he's so smart, why is he using Bing? <laughs> Yeah, he's supposed to be like a scientist. Like Spider Man would know better. He would use um the the Google Scholar. He would never who bings things. No, you know what? The, when you're looking when you're trying to get Chrome downloaded. Yeah. The Internet Explorer still the best browser for downloading a better browser. <laughs> yes. Um but yeah, so that I find that behavior unacceptable for a lot of reasons. One, if you're on Windows, which let's face it, the vast majority of people are if you're on Windows, not only do you not read the terms of service, you don't even look at the installer. Like, you just like, next, 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 finish, and you wait, <laughs> then it installs and you're done. And The wizard. <laughs> yeah, the, the install wizard. And they have... Ins- the warlock. <laughs> the install That is Dimitri magician. Martin. That is Dimitri Martin. Yeah. Like, if you're, you're, you're an effing wizard, what are you doing installing software for people? <laughs> Sorry, I don't, they've fallen on hard times. I don't mean to just quote a. No, that, <laughs> I almost said quote a magician. <laughs> I don't mean to quote, quote a magician or anyway, a comedian. Continue. No, but Dimitri Martin's quotable. That's okay. Um, but the, so they know, and they're capitalizing on the poor behavior of users who just next, 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 next. But I feel like it. The that's like okay, you're in a restaurant, so the restaurant owner knows you have to open your mouth to eat food, so they sneak dessert in your mouth and then charge you for it, right? Like you would never tolerate that. Or like you're about to take a swig of your your water and they just like stuff and yeah, it's like uh, oh, I'm I'm gonna take a sip of water and they're like they pour like a seven dollar martini in your mouth. They're like oh, now we gotta charge you for that martini. Sorry, man. Or you have to do the uninstall equivalent. You have to go in the bathroom and throw it up. <laughs> like, you don't have to use it, but you got to give it back. Right? So, like, there's no other place you would tolerate that. Like, if you were at a store and um, you bought something and you see them going to put that flyer into your bag, you tell them, like, no, no, no. No, not putting a flyer in your bag. They add products. Products, yeah, and... <laughs> Like, we're not going to charge you for these products, but we're going to just put them in here and insist that you use them, (laughs) right? And you would tell them to stop, or they would at least wait to get confirmation from you. They wouldn't be like, this is okay, right, 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 which is is the equivalent of having the, yes, I want the ask toolbar installed checkbox checked. By default checked. If it was unchecked by default... Then I would it's say still a little annoying, but it's it's not. But then you could just next right passing. Yeah. Just next 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 next. That's nope. exactly next why next they next. don't leave yeah. it unchecked. So that's um, the we how. See what you're doing. Yeah, <laughs> we see it, and you suck. Um, so the how to geek, uh, howtogeek.com. We are in no way affiliated, um, but he has like an awesome thing on his website of just because he, he's very successful, very famous, and. Just calling out all these companies, like individually, not like. Com- and some of them are like prominent. Again, like otherwise reputable. Java, like the oh, Java. Java. Insta- I mean, Java sucks anyway. But like, they're owned by Oracle, a multi-billion-dollar monolithic conglomerate. Yeah. You do not need to trick me into installing the Ask toolbar. Please stop. Yeah, fr- and from their own website. It's embarrassing. Stop it. <laughs> We just we feel so bad for you. Just 
stop it, bro. <laughs> so Oracle's doing this. Um, so I think did Firefox did it for a time, but I think they stopped. But they're they so maybe we'll have to track that article down. <laughs> they're they're starting to build advertisements into Firefox, or mm-hmm. they announced plans to. Yeah, and, I don't think they've actually started yet. I don't know. Why I use Chrome like that, everyone else. <laughs> on its own, I. That's fine. It's a free product. They've decided this is their business model. I'm not going to like complain about the fact that this is the path they've chosen. I'll just not use Firefox. But yeah. or I'll install a plugin that disables that. But <laughs> <laughs> um the annoying thing to me is they had this communications where what I don't know, I'll have to look it up, but they they had this blog post that was basically like pretending this was awesome for users. Yes, and they, not not just like we got to pay the bills. These aren't bra. intrusive. They aren't overly tracking you or watching everything you do. It was like this is going to be a great content experience. Yes, and I'm like, okay, so all these marketing buzzwords for crappy ads. Got it. Yeah. And that's it. So I'm not going to sit here and quietly read the Verge article, but my, if I remember correctly, it's going to be like on the new tab page. So it's going to be like recommended content, which I'm sure you can turn off, but like Google Now, which actually I meant to talk about Google Now in our Googly episode, but we got derailed so hardcore, which is fine because that's the joy of this style of podcast. <laughs> Um, but Google now, like, they scan my email and they track my web searches and they follow all of the YouTube channels that I follow and everything that I do on Google they follow. And then they serve me interesting stuff, but it's not addy, it's not spammy. It's like, hey, you Googled this restaurant 10 minutes ago. Do you want directions to the restaurant? Because it looks like you're outside. It looks like you ask about movie showtimes all the time. Here's the stuff that came out this week. Right. Or like um, around the time of the Super Bowl, I made the mistake of searching for something about the Broncos. <laughs> so then I got score updates in Google Now about the game, or the one score update. Like, they're losing. <laughs> <laughs> they're losing so bad. It's so bad. Dude. No one wants to talk about it. Yeah, but that, like, there was no ad. There was no, like, no one made money if I tapped on it and followed through to, like, a, a web search. Um, but with, with Firefox, it looks like it's going to be like, oh, we saw that you searched for something on The Verge. Do you want to see similar content on CNET? Like, no. No, no. The answer is always going to be no. Um, always. Like, uh, just blanket statement. Yeah. But my biggest beef was not, even if they were ad, ad, spammy ads, <laughs> that sucks, but they they weren't owning it they were like well this is a premium content experience and i'm just like yeah stop trying to put lipstick on this swine yeah. <laughs> again we see what you're doing what you did there i see it um it's it it's the same thing as the default newsletter it's the same thing as the checkbox in the installer it's like just, just don't pretend it's awesome for me. Yeah, just, you're paying and, your bills. Yeah, Got we it. know you're a nonprofit organization that the last time I heard was funded almost entirely by Google because Google pays to have default the, search. Yeah, the search by default be be Google like a lot. I I think like seventy percent of their revenue was which maybe this is they don't want to be that dependent on Google which I respect but then just own it <laughs> yes. just say like we want to have multiple revenue streams so that we're not 
you know, it's important to us that we do what's best for the web. So we don't want to be um, like encumbered by any one revenue stream. And then everyone would have gone, oh, okay, where's the X so I can disable it? And that would have been the end of it. Yeah. But it was the very SEO-y phrasing of like premium <sighs> content service. This this will enhance the user experience. It was very faux Apple. I don't know how many steps away from double green underlined links. <laughs> So, okay, so we, we were just talking about that one, but explain it for people. Everyone has seen this, whether you know it or not, but you just probably you, don't realize it. Maybe you don't consciously think about it, but you have a visceral like, <laughs> reaction vomit reaction when it happens. So you end up on a blog spam link. For some reason, whatever, it's a crappy social media link from someone or Reddit, something that they shouldn't have upvoted got upvoted. <laughs> but so... It's some crappy article. It's probably copied, scraped from somewhere else. And every fifth word has double green underlines. And if you should barely move your mouse (laughs) in the vicinity of one of these, get ready for a very complex animation of a drop-down advertising to you about that word in some vague way. Yeah. I hate this. Yeah. And because they look almost like links... And the thing that you can tell is another shitty like SEO marketing practice. Cause I just me, thought of another sin. <laughs> let me say, I understand and respect that the internet runs on advertisement. I don't use ad blockers. I sit through the ads on YouTube even once in a while. If it's like a trailer for a movie I'm interested in, I will actually watch the whole thing. I don't skip the ads when I watch Hulu. Like, I'm... I understand that advertising runs the internet. You don't have to be a dick about it. Yeah. And hiding these links, because a normal link is traditionally single underlined. So the double underline doesn't, like, it stands out a little bit, but it doesn't immediately scream, this is crap in disguise. So then your cursor just hovers over it, or you're scrolling, and the cursor just drags naturally over it, and then it loads a bunch of crap. I really, like, I understand, too, that ads run the internet, but I want another business model to work for content because I feel like this race to the bottom, scraping eyeballs and scraping every last shred of fractions of a penny out of impressions is destroying the quality of the internet. Yes, yeah, because and I mean, the, I, it makes me sad. <laughs> because what you get besides the default check, the automatic newsletter, and the stealth ads is the BuzzFeed style content where everything's a listicle. It's like, how about if we make 20 pages for this one article, even though there's no technical limitation? <laughs> Absolutely no reason except and it's, ad impressions. It's not just crappy blog spam it's like cnn does it or legitimate news websites or you're just reading an article and like how about we break this up with a giant ad and links to other articles about this you know you're like stream of thought involved in the thing you're reading and then it's like hey dude (laughs) (laughs) hey hey bro and you i hate that so the other sin i thought of the internet sin was so you found a great article. You're excited about it. There's a quote. You're going to tweet this article. I can't wait. You highlight that sentence, that magical sentence full of delicious words, <laughs> and you copy it, and you paste it into Twitter, 
And guess what got included with your your sentence? Oh, they don't (laughs) include, like, attribution. Yeah, so there's a whole extra sentence of read more articles at this website. I have not actually observed this. So I'll have to track down someone to point out about this, but I've seen, again, not just blog spammy crap sites. Don't inject text in my copy. I'm trying to promote you. Yeah. On the web. Yeah, I Don't was already on my way to telling people you're... It sounds like they're trying to fight content scrapers. No, but content scrapers can... Yeah, easily circumvent this. Yeah, They just turn JavaScript off. Yeah, the copy. yeah and this... So, um, there's a... Like, a set of rules that govern internet behavior. I don't know who have originally coined them, but... One of the really don't be a dick is the only rule you need. (laughs) Pretty much, but one of the really low number ones that's high on the list is don't hijack the back button. Yeah, like the back button should always do what you think it does. (laughs) Yeah, Um, and I feel like don't hijack copy paste has got to be up there. Like if I copy text or if I paste text, like if Twitter is being complicit in this, like. Those things should never have unexpected results ever. Like that's also don't try to prevent me from taking your image for fair use reasons. <sighs> I will just go into the inspector and take it anyway. So. Yeah. So I did. Um, fun side story about that. I did like an obstacle race a few years ago, and one of the main ways they make money, which by the way, you're all full of shit. Not nearly enough of that money goes to the charities you claim you support. Um, but they're still fun. But stop acting like you're a church. So one of the ways they make money is they have photographers all along the course. And then when you do something particularly epic, they snap a photo of you. And then they identify it by your it's runner It's like number. the roller coaster on the drop. You're like, ah. It's exactly like that. And it's actually an impressive bit of technology, really, because they have to either do facial recognition or number recognition when you're, like, doing stuff, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So at the end of this particular race – it was the Warrior Dash. I don't care. (laughs) So at the end of this particular race, um, there's, like, a fire, like, little low-burning logs, and you jump, and there's somebody, like, dead ahead of you, so they get, like, a really good, like, straight-on picture of you jumping over the fire, and they have a nice clear picture of your number, and then they upload the photo, and you can buy it for an obscene amount of money. I wasn't willing to pay an obscene amount of money. So, um, I'll be honest, there was a time when I pirated music and software and movies and TV shows and stuff I didn't even want. Like, one time I just wanted this one Aerosmith song, and the first result on the Pirate Bay was their entire discography. (laughs) So it's just like, yeah, okay, um... You wanted to make apple pie. Here's the whole universe. <laughs> yes, exactly. So I don't do that anymore because I'm not like a college freshman, and I recognize that pirating does is still bad. And so, like, if it's I not stealing, but it's still it unethical. is still bad. Yeah. So if I can't pay for it, then I don't get it. Um, in this particular case, I was like, I'm not going because I wanted this one photo, and it's packages only. So it was like I went into a restaurant, and I was like, Can I just buy? A hamburger, and they were like, "Yeah, if you buy two martinis and an appetizer and a dessert, and your friend has to eat here too, 
It's like, no, I no, I just want this one photo. And you know, if they had said for one dollar we will give you a digital copy that's like just not quite high enough resolution to print and have it look really excellent, then I would have said, Here's a dollar, no questions. But you could only buy digital copies if you bought printed copies in full resolution. And so then I got on my high horse and decided there is no acceptable middle ground, so I will circumvent them, busted out the web inspector, because they try to be clever. They have JavaScript running that does an animation watermark. Have you seen this? No. Okay, so watermark on these, these photo websites, um, I don't think like Getty Images or any of those companies do that because they're, they don't have to be shady. Okay, they just threw down the gauntlet recently, too. They did. <laughs> but I don't think any of the, the stock photo companies do the animated watermark because that they don't have to be schmucks about it. But like these, these photo websites, um, it's like an animated like flowing text so that you can't – the idea is you can't take a screenshot yeah. because you'll have crap all over it. Um, well, if you go to the web inspector and you turn off JavaScript, then you can get to a much closer image. Um, and the way they've started circumventing that is the only image they load on the page is like 16 by 16 resolution. Yeah. <laughs> like it's so tiny that it's not even worth stealing. But I did at the time, it was before they thought of that. Find so a did, new business, give yeah, up. <laughs> I did get my one photo and I was so excited because I was like, yeah, I beat the system. So... That uh, that's another crappy business practice. It's like it's some. Um, if your business model can be circumvented by the web inspector, by right find click. a yeah. new business. Yeah, stop trying to hunker down and make this one work. Yeah, and I feel this way about writers. Like there is not a lot of effort, as far as I know, being put into stopping people from copying and pasting text. And this is a problem, right? So like. You you write a blog or you write an article and then some bot comes and scrapes your content and posts it without attribution to a different website and acts like it's their original mm-hmm. content. But we still have writers, right? Like people still succeed in the field of writing despite this behavior. Well, they just don't get paid anymore. But <laughs> yeah, maybe not. But I feel like there's oh, the thieves are always a step ahead, right? You don't build a new lock until your old lock has been picked, and building a new lock takes time. So the thieves are pretty much, except for that magical moment before they bust your lock, they're always a step ahead. Here's my other thought is, is this a crisis that didn't exist before the printing press? No, because when the bard came to town... I've been referencing Bard song a lot, and I'm totally okay with that. When the Bard came to town and sang the ballad of Michael Edwards and then went on, there was nothing to stop Jane Smith from being like, oh, I wrote this ballad about Michael Edwards, and I'm going to go around and get coins thrown at me when I sing it. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, it was I, more like folk music where it's like, everyone knows this song. Yeah. I, here's my twist on it, but we're all, it's remix culture yeah, before so, the printing press. So you're a, you're, you're a musician. Do you think because the idea of standards was done by like the '60s, so I mean, way before our life, like how did that stop? Like there are old songs that everybody knows, like the Frank Sinatra version, but it's yeah. not a Frank Sinatra song, right? You he, know, he just Bob made it. Dylan, yeah, Nat King Cole, like 
there are lots and lots of songs that we we because we associate a piece of music with a particular musician. So we associate we're like, oh, that's a Frank Sinatra song. It's like, no, that's the Frank Sinatra version. Like. Mm-hmm. Probably the most like famous the Hendrix version of all on the Watchtower. It, yes, not the original, but yeah. it's the one people care about. Yeah, the most or famous Johnny version Cash of uh, of Silver Bells or White Christmas is probably the um, the Bing Crosby version. But he definitely did not write those songs, <laughs> no. right? So it's like, how did we get away from that? Like, well, I don't know. I've had a long conversation with some people that we can't get into now, but. <laughs> I think it's an interesting point that the age of reproduction brings the crisis of originality. People are obsessed with originality now because you can so easily copy everything. It's like a crisis of, I don't know, credibility or. Yeah, I guess so. I just, I don't see, I mean, maybe it's because I'm unfortunately part of the millennial generation where I expect stuff to be remixed. No, I mean, I just hate that you're old ass, man. I just hate the term millennials. Like, I was way happier being called Gen Y because, like, I was born in 85 and I feel like someone who's born in 95, like, them and I have slightly different life experiences, but they just lumped us all together. But I, I feel like I expect things to be remixed. Like... I know when I see a video on YouTube that it's more likely that it does not belong to the person who uploaded it. I I love how they all say, I'm not claiming copyright. And I'm like, of course not. Right. You have no understanding of copyright. But I think that that's good, though. Like, you assume they don't have copyright and they're forthright about it. (laughs) Especially if it's something that's like of a low quality. The funny thing to me is that they think that somehow protects them from copyright infringement by not claiming to own Ghostbusters. (laughs) (laughs) You mean you didn't make this movie that came out 12 years before you were born? So I think a distinction I like to make, especially in the context of remix culture, is I wish people weren't so obsessed with originality and ownership. Yeah. But attribution matters. Yes. Give attribution. Yeah, attribution does matter. And so I think that's when content owners, especially when they're abstracted and they're giant company conglomerates that sell (laughs) products to people, is they... The big five media companies. They mix attribution and ownership, and they're... So, like, I don't know, in the history, I think this is part of the reason Sony fell from grace on music devices because mm. they they own that shit in the 80s that's true and 90s too to some degree but around past the cd era into mini disc and they, they just lost it and i think part of the reason is they're obsessed because they also own content they are right they the, own they're creators as artists. well as like and marketers. so they were so afraid of pirating and all that stuff that they've locked down mini discs, they locked down every other thing they've tried so hard. Oh god, mini discs. That no one wanted to I mean I know in Japan mini discs were popular and successful, but eh. outside of Japan. There was not, also not so a lot of middle aged dads in the States who were like, Oh, th- look at how much smaller this video camera is with these tiny little discs. It'll be because they were used to carrying in the eighties and early nineties yeah. the huge like newscaster style VHS jobs. So anyway, I'm for attribution, and I'm also hopeful that 
ownership is becomes less of an obsessive thing. So I because hate, you can't. It's it's over. Yeah, it, it's, people are going to use your stuff. Just try to get attribution. Yeah, um, I hate to talk about the Oscars, but I'm gonna for a second. Well, we haven't mentioned Shia LaBeouf yet. <laughs> it. I don't want to talk about. Shia LaBeouf. <laughs> That's fine. He's the blurst. Um, he just got into another argument with somebody on Twitter. Like, has he not figured out that oh, Twitter I is saw, public? I just saw a Pat Nozzle tweet of like, yeah. if, oh, if you're going to be so boring, then just go ahead and plagiarize, is what he said. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Pat. He's the man. So, this was that an Oscars related thing? I think it's just a plagiarism related okay. thing. Because I know he got in trouble for all the nonsense. Um, for not giving attribution for his ideas he took from someone else. Well, it was a multi-step. He he stole something and didn't attribute it. He then didn't. he plagiarized his apology, <laughs> which is just... Just sad. That's like comic book levels of silliness. Um, but anyway, this, the Oscars thing. So I didn't watch the Oscars. I avoided it very much on purpose. Not like as a statement. I just don't care. I don't own a television. Yeah, no, I'm not that guy. I just am not that interested um but it's impossible to have not heard about the selfie right yeah and i cannot believe that we live in an age where people are so and these are all multi-millionaires i might add (laughs) and because so ellen had a deal with samsung where oh yeah so she was given um some samsung devices and she promoted them and i mean it's it's obvious that it was product placement that's no big deal but she her idea or samsung's idea or whatever was like oh well, i'm gonna take a bunch of selfies with these samsung devices and tweet them and then there was the big one there's like 10 people all crammed into this photo yeah. um here's the thing it was tweeted from her account. It was part of a sponsorship she was doing with Samsung, but she was not physically holding the device at the time the photo was taken. So they're saying that technically, um, what the hell's his name? Uh, Bradley Cooper. Thank you, Bradley Cooper. Um, he actually owns the copyright to the photo because the device was physically in his hand, and he pressed the button. Really? I, I'm, I'm going to throw some articles up in the show notes. So um, if if I have a stranger take a picture of me at the Grand Canyon, they own the copyright on that photo? Uh, that's apparently With my the, phone? That is apparently the argument that they're making. How so th- next time I help yeah. a stranger out of the Grand Canyon, I'm going to be like, and that'll be 20 bucks. I mean, maybe, yeah, <laughs> right? Maybe there's some kind of tricanery because it wasn't actually her device tricanery tricanery is tricanery not a real word because i've been using it forever i just love that it's chicanery chicanery is the use of trickery to achieve a political financial or legal purpose i've been making an idiot (laughs) no at least it's related to trickery (laughs) you've just been so it's portmanteau. It's, it's C-H- chicanery. Chicanery. C H I C A N E R Y. That's just similar for similarity's sake. So there's shenanigans. Maybe there is some <laughs> legal shenanigans involved because it wasn't actually her device 
right? She was just it was the company's device, and since he took the photo with a third party's device, oh, it belongs maybe. to him and not to Ellen. Whereas if you handed someone your iPhone at the Grand Canyon, like that's your device, you own the contents of it. Yeah, I don't know. But the fact that this is even like a debate, like it's it, who cares who owns it? Like it was a photo <laughs> taken in a semi-public place. It's debatably no one's. Well, and then backstage, Ellen tweeted from an iPhone, and everyone's like, "Oh, yeah." I so on. Uh, Didn't another, that happen to? Uh, I think it's not a big deal that yes, Ellen someone uses tweeted like, "I love my new no, Windows it was mobile like, phone," and no, it was like sent from my iPhone. That happens sometimes, but it was like, who is it that was it Alicia Keys or who was like the head of BlackBerry marketing? I, I think it was Alicia Keys. Okay, and then she was found tweeting with a non-BlackBerry, and it's like it's not just you're a paid sponsorship. And once you got out of that, you used your own phone again. Yeah. It's like you are officially working for this company yeah. and you're not using their device. Yeah. It's not like in his off time, Michael Jordan sometimes wears Reeboks. It's like you are on their payroll. She stood up on stage at one of their press events. Like it's, yeah, that's you're, if you, if, especially in this day and age, like, if you back a company, you're basically saying, until they don't sign my checks anymore, I only use their stuff. Yeah. Especially if you can be caught. Well, especially a job like head of the media relations part of yeah. that company. Yeah. It's like then appearances are what matters, absolutely. Yeah. Since your job <laughs> use is a BlackBerry. Yeah. Use a BlackBerry. Yeah. Deal with it. Yeah. And it, I mean, that should inspire integrity in sponsorships. If you're not willing to use that product, maybe don't sponsor them. Because that's what's implied in your sponsorship is yeah. that you think they're good enough yeah. to put your face so, and voice on. As if BlackBerry wasn't on their way out enough little stuff like that is just like it's just one more knife in the back <laughs> so we're coming up on an hour um but i wanted to get to uh, the last couple unacceptable software behaviors because we talked about web stuff so i feel like that's all a bunch of bs but people are used to like oh crap i accidentally installed the ass toolbar yeah. now i have to uninstall it but that's kind of moving to the desktop in an annoying way so what what are these notes you have in here? So the two biggest desktop installer sins I can think of are Microsoft Office and any of the creative suites from Adobe. And maybe it's just because that's popular software, so people are widely aware of it. But when you're installing Microsoft Office, it makes you quit your web browser. Right. Which... Unacceptable. Yeah. I'm not a systems-level programmer, but Why? What shared resource already, do you need to write to? I'm already bored waiting for you to install. <laughs> Let me look at articles. <laughs> so that's bad enough, and that's sort of a more well-known one of like, come on. But it, it went a step further when I was setting up a work machine and adding Adobe Creative Suite 6 onto it. This is the last version before Creative Cloud. Right. And so it's actually legit installing it, not just a subscription service. <laughs> and not only did my browser have to be closed, but so I did that, whatever. I'm All right, I'll pull out my phone. I'll do something while Adobe does its thing because all of my work happens in a browser. So closing the yeah. browser is closing work. Yeah, you might as well just turn the <laughs> laptop off. Um, I get a, a message in the middle of the Adobe installer, and it says... Wait, not at the beginning? Oh, 
some of them happen in the middle. Like it's when that's it gets even to more point. annoying. Yeah, because then, Cause you, then like, you think it's okay. Because then you leave because yeah. you're like, this is going to take half an hour. And then it probably takes focus to give you this, like, yeah. hey, close all your stuff. So it said you. Ha- and we'll have an image of this in the notes. Um, you must close Safari notifications. Now this is something that is in OS X Mavericks. I don't know about before. Yeah. So to is be clear, you default, do not have Safari the browser running. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and I never consciously decided whether or not to launch Safari notifications. It's just a system service for like you can opt into websites being able to give you desktop note. It's like Chrome notifications. Sure. It's just Safari's version of that. Yeah, and, and Adobe, it's tightly integrated with Mavericks. And Adobe is like, we are so bad at designing how to put files into a certain part of your hard drive <laughs> that the fact that you have a notification system running for a browser... Which isn't running. <laughs> ...means that we can no longer make Photoshop happen on your machine. Right. Which is just... I mean, it is, boggles is that, the mind. Yeah, is it... I feel like there are only two extreme options. Either systems-level stuff is way more complicated and dependent than I previously I really, understood, or Adobe since, since software no is... Since no other app right. has this conflict with Safari notifications, I'm, I don't think I'm <laughs> rushing to blame Apple no, for bad. No, I'm absolutely not <laughs> rushing to blame Apple. I'm, I'm trying to play devil's advocate, but in reality, I absolutely blame Adobe. <laughs> like, that is that is where my vote lies. Man... So Adobe I, needs some help. <laughs> I I can't. I don't see this move to the cloud going real well for them um, in the consumer space. So I hope for their sake that they are able to survive off of enterprise customers. Because I know but then their installers are going to get worse. <laughs> yeah, because nothing is like the death of usability like becoming enterprise software. Well, I mean, um, even. Like, we have Photoshop, but it's provided by our employer, right? Like, I did not spend $600 on pushing pixels around, um, and I never will. Like, if I didn't have it provided by my employer, I just... (laughs) Yeah. I mean, this is another... Preview. When I was in college, I had Photoshop, because I pirated it. And then one day, I was like, I am literally stealing for no benefit. For image resize. (laughs) Yeah. Like, there are free tools that will do this just as well, and then I will be doing... put impact font (laughs) over (laughs) your image. (laughs) And then I'll be doing the morally right thing, and I'll be an upstanding citizen, and I have not pirated any Adobe products since I was like 20 because it's stupid. Like even, and if I was a professional designer or photographer or something, I would buy it cause it would be a business expense in which case I wouldn't be a consumer. I'd be a business customer. Yeah. So I mean, maybe this move to the cloud won't affect their bottom line because no one outside of a business buys Photoshop ever. Yeah. I mean, I, I know in these last two episodes, I've made a lot of sweeping generalizations about the 7 billion people on this planet, but <laughs> what normal person for personal use buys Photoshop? They buy Photoshop elements. Okay. No, no, they don't. Not even that. <laughs> no, they just pirate the full version. I mean, what does Photoshop elements cost? A hundred bucks? Seventy nine hundred. I don't know. I've never bought it. <laughs> right. But I mean, it's not because the full Photoshop is like two or three hundred dollars. I don't think I've needed a new feature of Photoshop since like three Yeah. It's like they added layers. And I'm like, good. Yeah. Done. <laughs> yeah. I mean, on Windows, they have paint.net, which is actually solid. 
And then Pixlr. Well, we should look at 9i because there's probably 20 photo yeah. editing programs. Yeah, and Pixlr's browser based. Another reason you never have to leave the browser. And even if in the realm of paid software on Mac, you've got Pixelmator that's 29 bucks and is basically completely Photoshop. Yeah, and I know a couple of designers who use Pixelmator for work. So it's good enough for people whose job is photo editing and image and it's editing of like five percent. Yes, and they some of those people probably just want the joy of not giving Adobe money. I wonder is that just because like whatever software patents Adobe has been able to grab have expired and because Pixelmator like it is Photoshop. Yeah, like, it's the exact same layout, the same toolbars. Yeah, that's a tough call because I know. When GIMP was in its early life, GIMP is an open source uh, image editor. It's it's the Ubuntu to it's it's Ubuntu to Windows as you know GIMP yeah. is to Photoshop. Um, so it's a uh, it's powerful, but if you came from Photoshop, everything is different enough that you're like I don't know where the hell anything is. Like if you yeah speak southern american english and then you try to go to the north of scotland yeah, using corel word perfect <laughs> yeah it's like i know everyone here is speaking english but i can't communicate with them <laughs> i have no idea what you said and you have yeah. to repeat it about six yeah. times and, and you have no sorry. idea what i said because of my twang like it's so it, it's like gimp would benefit massively from being able to rip off photoshop's trade dress because that's i think that's the term is trade right. dress um so yeah if if those like expire or if they lapse or if they can be licensed and they could rip that off with impunity gimp would suddenly be overnight a competitor if you could make it look like photoshop with the buttons in the same place same mm-hmm. keyboard shortcuts instant competitor no one would Just ever buy photoshop don't make again. me run it in x11 <laughs> uh, i think they updated past that okay but maybe not i don't know <laughs> I, I don't use gimp because i have pixlr in my chrome web browser that follows me around and i'm not a designer by any stretch um, that's for sure. Whoa! Okay, but I have the uh, noun project, and I have meme dad, so I have everything. That <laughs> everything I need. I need. Um, so I think we should wrap this. We should wrap this one up. Um, but this was good. This was an honest to god hour of table flipping. I'm I'm pleased as punch. I'm angry as hell. I mean, <laughs> um, so Mike, where can people find you on the internet? Pseudomichael.com or at M and Word. Oh. <laughs> at M. Edwards Music The, the pile <laughs> Rising up in yeah. your throat You're so disgusted on, that they're On Twitter They're different um, People can find me uh, at Lions in Beta On Twitter, lionsinbeta.com um, So this, we did pre-record this show uh, In an effort to stay On our weekly schedule Which we've been doing well with Considering we have no sponsors and this is not our job and it's just a hobby podcast, I think we're... It brings in literally zero revenue. Yes. Fortunately, our cost is also virtually zero. Essentially, it's subsidized by existing things. Yes. Totally not uh, double dipping right now at all. Um, (laughs) But yeah, so this is good. I think um, we've done a good job staying on our weekly thing and it seems to be getting positive feedback from our listeners. I I, I just ruined it forever. But no, we have to do it for the listeners because I have gotten positive feedback on the weekly release. Awesome. So we'll do it for you, the internet. I fight for the user. That's right. Is it, Oh my God, was that a reboot reference? No, it's Tron. 
Oh, that, it's also a reboot. Do you know that cartoon? Yeah, the I know Canadian? the cartoon, but that's that's Tron originally. Uh, you're right, but I was so excited. I just totally blanked on Tron, but yeah. Oh man, reboot <laughs> and Tron, both excellent things. <laughs> and that, I just want to end on that. Reboot and okay. Tron, we're good. So we'll see you all next week. All right. <laughs> <laughs>